On the 25th of December 1929, Charles Lawson loaded a shotgun and waited behind his tobacco farm for his targets. Days earlier, he had arranged for his entire family to go for a portrait, which would forever be the family's lasting legacy. And I'm meant to be coming in here and be dead happy after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's Christmas! <laughs> It is. It's Christmas. It's our Christmas special. Merry Christmas if you are tuning in on Christmas Day. Um, Yeah, Merry Christmas if you are tuning in on Christmas Day or if you don't subscribe to Christmas. Merry Happy Holiday of your choosing or Happy Day. Yeah, just a happy day. It might just be another day for you. That's fine too. We're inclusive here at Curiously Morbid Podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that felt weird coming in like that. (laughs) That cold open is Christmas. Um, but we are here for our Christmas Day special. This is a bonus episode this week, and it is also our last episode of 2020. Not our last ever episode. We're, st- we're still, we're still. Yeah, no, not last ever. Mate, mate, we're, we're hoping to get to 100 at least. Yeah, at least, so, at the very so least. So we can have a cake. Yes. Oh yeah, 100 cake. Ooh, because ooh. then we go into syndication, don't we? At 100. Mm-hmm. And we can start selling to like Dave. and we'll always be on Danny I'm very excited and just to tease our audience um, we have got a very special announcement that we'll be making at the end of this week's episode but this week Danielle has delved into the history books to pull out one of the most mysterious Christmassy cases I have yet to hear yeah, we're going back in time. Obviously, with our Sodder family case from earlier in the week, that was, um, as well, that was quite far back, wasn't it? It was from the 1940s. But this one, even further back, we're going to the 1920s. And if you haven't listened to the Sodder case, listen to it, because I solved it, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Dean solved it. Um, and it's done, yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's Sorted, solved. New theory. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty much. I'll be open for documentary filmmakers to contact me at Curiously Morbid any of our social medias which happen to be curiously morbid pod at facebook instagram and twitter you can also join us on patreon where the good stuff happens you can join us from a five pound five dollar five canadian dollar five franc five euro francs don't exist anymore whatever your value currency i was gonna say i was like a franc (laughs) whatever your currency is you can get on board you get exclusive content like our morbid musings film reviews all sorts of reviews us just talking crap for a little bit and yeah pretty much you get our exclusive um wallpaper for iphone android whatever your phone is nokia 3310 um we also if you are a member for three months consecutively you get access to exclusive merch and when i say access you don't get access to buy it. It just gets sent straight to your house. It just gets sent to you. And that is worldwide. Don't ask me how we sorted that, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. It's a thing. We, we know people in high <laughs> so places. You can get some... Yeah, exactly. You can get some merch, Curiously Morbid merch, which, amazing. Yes. Um, so, Danielle, on with the show. A family photograph taken before a Christmas Day massacre holds a clue of why the slaughter may have taken place. But first, we're going to have to delve into what happened in the run-up to that photo. So, in 1929, tobacco farmer Charles Davis Lawson made the decision to take his wife and seven children into town for a studio portrait. 
The Germanton, North Carolina father bought new clothes for his wife, and she was called Fanny, and their four daughters and three sons to wear for the Oh, I shouldn't have looked at you then, for God's sake. So, um, what was the wife called? Sorry. I probably should have told you that she was called Fanny. Do you not, right, think, you don't think that was an upfront <laughs> PC dubs? This woman is called Fanny, which is a valid name, but also means vagina in English or ass in US. Yeah, I mean, it's Fanny with an IE. Oh, like Fanny. 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 Yeah, rather than like Fanny with a Y, like how we're probably thinking. Fanny with a Y. <laughs> that could be a drag name. <laughs> Fanny with a Y, yeah. Could. Yeah, but anyway, so this is his wife, Fanny, anyway. Um, and their four daughters and their three sons, uh, they went and bought like loads of new clothes to wear for the photograph. So they don't have to worry about the Yule cat coming to get them because they've got their new no, clothes for Christmas. or the Yule lads. But this was a highly uncommon thing to do for a working class family. And there was a secret behind this photo that people think they've um, uncovered basically after the after the years. So, Lawson, who'd grown up in a sharecropping family, had managed to save enough money to buy a very old, uh, 200-year-old, actually, farmhouse that was pretty close to his brother's farms. Now, you can see pictures of this farmhouse, and it was... Like, I'm not sure if I would want to buy that to live in because it was very, like, um, it wasn't really a home. It was very, like, it was, cr- it looked like it was crumbling and things like that. Like, I've seen pictures of it and I, when I looked at pictures of it, I thought, oh, well, that must have been after it was abandoned and no one was living there. But no, that was, like, the time, that was, like, the photo taken on the day of the murders. Um, and I was like, oh, that's where they lived. Did a renovate um, girl. We don't all just buy new builds and move in and have the perfect life. <laughs> <laughs> well i think that was yeah that that was probably the um the aspiration obviously they just wanted the the farm for now for the tobacco farm um but yeah so on the day of the photo shoot no one but charlie lawson knew why he was spending the money on all this new clothes and then obviously having to go to like a photo studio and get this done as well like you couldn't just take it at home like Max Spiel, you had to go to like yeah, you yeah you had to go to Max Spielman. Um, you had to go and get your photo taken at a professional studio, and it was a big deal, you know, at the time because it wasn't, you know, like cameras were quite expensive technology and things. Um, back well, then, well, it one of them cameras where it had the little thing and it goes poof. Yes, like smoke would come out of it, or like that's the sort of stuff I'm thinking of. I'm thinking 1920s, like poof! that sort of yeah. Poof. The World War's just ended. We gotta go and take a photo with the poofy camera. standing in the photograph at the back a 16 year old arthur lawson and his sister marie 17 as well as the two parents charles and fanny um and it's important some people look at this photo and see marie marie is staring straight on into the camera and and she looks very stern she's not smiling but neither the rest of the family really apart from the father charles he's looking sort of a little bit away from the camera and he's not like smiling smiling but he has like a slight you know like a little bit of a smirk on his face um, in contrast to the rest yeah they all look completely miserable don't they they don't i mean it does even the baby looks miserable apart from apart from him or her apart from this person this person looks the most jolly oh yeah the daughter yeah i think that's carrie um and we'll talk about her in a moment so beside charles and his wife fanny is also looking away and holding the couple's youngest child four month old mary lou and then 
um we've also got in the photo on the seat in front of them is the younger lawson children so there's quite an age gap um between the eldest two and then the rest so we've then got james who was four maybell who was seven raymond who was two and carrie who was 12 and then obviously the elder two siblings that we mentioned before marie and arthur were 17 and 16 so on December the 25th, 1929, 17-year-old Marie ro rose early to make Christmas cake, baking two layers in separate pans and icing them ready for the family festivities of, on the farm later that day. Sometime after this, the two middle Lawson girls, Carrie and Maybelle, left the house to go and visit their aunt and uncle. And this is going to be where we start to get into the murders now because this is, like we said, this is going to be quite a short episode because it is... Uh, there wasn't a lot that led up to this event because it was basically the event happened and then after that there's been a couple of theories as to why it happened so it does seem like we're just going to jump straight into it and it's it's just because that is the story it, it's this is the sort of main event of whatever happened to this family basically um so carrie and Mal maybell have left to go and visit their aunt and uncle on christmas day um, and quite young as well so Carrie's 12 and Maybelle's 7 um, but they don't live that far all the farms are like basically adjacent to each other um, so it's not too far for them to go however behind the tobacco barn on the property their father Charlie was waiting with a shotgun the 43 year old shot his daughters and then made sure that they were basically dead by bludgeoning them to death. So obviously they were the first ones that were murdered in this That's brutal. Sort of family massacre. That is really brutal. But, uh, and you just think about them, these poor two little girls. Ah, stop smoking. You know, I know, I know it's really sad and it does only get worse. Danny, so, we had a deal. We, you... don't, we don't talk about children anymore in this podcast. I know, I know, it's so sad. I know, I will rush through it because it does get worse, unfortunately. unfortunately. We, 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 so, we have a rule, don't we? We don't do children or animals. Yeah, we don't like doing children yeah. or animals, because... so we have made a rule to try and try our best to like not talk about them as much as possible because uh, it just makes us both feel quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, he then returned to the family house where his wife, Fanny, who was 37 at the time, was sitting on the porch Lawson shot her and then moved inside where Marie was and her two younger brothers, James and Raymond. Um, and the two little brothers had run to hide as well. And now James and Raymond are only two and four years old as well. So the fact that they've run and like hid from him, I think like for a two-year-old and a four-year-old, that's quite... Um, I, I mean, I'm sure Marie, their older sister, being 17, probably told them, you know, like to go and do that. God bless them. And it's just really sad because they were so little, little boys. So Charlie shot Marie and then found the two boys and shot them both as well. Um, and then finally, he also um, murdered their baby, the four-month-old Mary Lou, whose cause of death was a fractured skull. <gasps> so he didn't, yeah, so he didn't shoot the baby, but obviously he still murdered her. So it's, it's pretty sad. Um, and there are some photos as well of like the house and like how graphic it was and things like that. There was lots oh, of blood Danny. and it just, it, yeah, it was really horrendous. It was horrific. Um, as you can imagine that many people being being shot. So later on, the seven bodies would be found with their arms crossed over their chests and with rocks underneath their heads. So he sort of like propped them up and sort of, you know, like put them in a, what? I guess, sort of like a burial position. Um, so it kind of shows some sort of level of care to the family, even though obviously he's just murdered them. But then, 
you know, he sort of left them in a respectful way. Um, for want of a better word. Only the oldest son, Arthur, who had been sent by his father on an errand uh, the night before the killing, would survive. So he very clearly consciously chose to send that son away, you know, and have him, you know, not be there. He didn't want to kill his eldest son. Oh my God, how full circle is this? That our first episode was the DuPont murders and that was very, very similar that was very similar, yeah. Whereas you could tell he didn't want to, um, like, kill his first son, didn't yeah. you? And, and things like that. Because well. that was all about the lineage with them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is probably why Arthur was spared, because obviously Arthur could then continue the family, couldn't he? And, uh, you know, like, keep their name and things like that with him being the eldest son and with him being 16 at the time. But how, how ha- like, harrowing for him, you know? to like go and have to find you know be the one to find all of his families uh, families like bodies and things like that. it's just awful so it's believed that arthur arrived back home and was the one to raise the alarm and people began to gather at the lawson home charlie was missing but within hours the gathering heard a single gunshot from the nearby woods arthur and a police officer found charlie's body and letters he had written footprints encircled a tree and it was later supposed that charlie had been pacing a lot before killing himself so probably contemplating like whether he actually was going to kill himself or not uh charlie lawson's letters did not explain why he had carried out the bloody massacre on his family after the funeral a large crowd gathered around the coffins and the lawson house attracted hundreds of tourists and a family member actually like sold it out as a tourist attraction which I think is very, very grim, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's quite that's a... that's morbid. Uh, yeah, that's very, very morbid. And I know that it's a different time and things like that, and people did used to do things like that back then, And but, I mean, that is very, very but grim. But you've got to make that so, money somehow, mate. Well, I thought if they were all so poor, I suppose, like, you know, like um, the Lawson family were, and maybe they were trying to raise money for Arthur or something and like no that. And one's going to buy that house sure. off them now, are they? No, no. So they came and saw Marie's Christmas cake on display, a souvenir of the massacre that was kept under glass after visitors stole some of its raisins. A souvenir of the massacre? Yeah, that was what it was like known as, and then they kept it under a glass case, and that's where it stayed for like a few years um, because the house was sort of like a tourist attraction for a few years after this. That is horrendous. Like... Yeah, I, I'm saying that like who would go and see that? However, we are sat here on Christmas Day talking about it. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think that's the line for me. Yeah, I know. It's it's very very. Uh, it really is grim, isn't it? It's not good. Um, in 1945, Arthur Lawson was killed in a motor accident, leaving a wife and four children. So 16 years later, so that meant he was 32 when he died. So he didn't live like too much longer after the rest of his family but i thought god like poor guy like you know and and his family you know like sort of going through a tragedy as well afterwards it's sort of like the family like never really caught a break um so yeah so um obviously he then passed on in 1945 and then it wasn't until 1990 that a book about the massacre was published and a cousin of the lawson children told the family's 60 year old secret so this was a secret that was known within the family and it had just been kept a secret basically 
So Stella Lawson Bowles confessed that she'd overheard her mother and other Lawson women talking at the funeral about how Fanny had confided in them um, that she discovered incest in her family before Christmas. So Fanny Lawson had had basically been agonising about this relationship between her husband Charlie and their 17-year-old daughter Marie. What? So she basically, yeah, I know. Well, it's such, like, I, I, I briefly knew about this case but then when i was researching it and found that out i was like like i had no idea about that i just knew that there had been a family massacre um but then obviously this could potentially be the reason why the catalyst uh yeah yeah massively so it also emerged that weeks before the fateful christmas marie had shared a secret with her friend ella may johnson so this is another person that's like corroborating this story for this 1990 book um, which I think is quite good on the writer's behalf to like go and you know like basically find anyone else who can corroborate the story, and they did. So I think this holds quite a bit of of weight, really. Um, so on a sleepover, Marie had told Ella May that she was pregnant with her father Charlie's baby, and that both parents knew about the pregnancy. Too sure whether they were maybe gonna just say, like it could have been one of those things where they were just gonna have Marie have the baby. And then it was going to be, you know, like her little sister or brother. And, you know, like the parents would bring the baby up maybe. I'm not sure whether it, that would have happened or whether, you know, there class, was other plans in place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what a story we've heard before. So I'm not sure because if both parents knew about the pregnancy, there must have been some sort of a plan of what was going to happen. Another story from the Lawson family's neighbour, Sam Hill, was that Charlie had forced himself upon his daughter and when she had became pregnant, he warned her that if she told her mother or anyone else that there would be some killing done. So, I mean... Wow. That, That's again, pretty much... Well, it, much... It happened, yeah. didn't it? So, What yeah. a threat there. In the f- there will be some that killing is, done. Yeah. Good English. Yeah. There'll be some killing done. Like, that's what that sounds like. Oh, you did it with the accent. That's good. (laughs) Thanks. So, in the family photograph, Marie's belly doesn't really seem to protrude too much. But I think that... I don't know. I think if you look at it and not... But I don't know if I'm just looking at it a lot. Hang on. And I'm I'm, just making myself see a belly. But I think it kind of does look like a closer a little bit tight around a belly. I don't mean to, like... I don't want to you know fat shame or anything like that but she like because she isn't um, um but i think that it looks like there could be no. a little bit of tightness going on what are you talking about I d- well that's what i mean it's i don't not, know if i'm just making like, myself see it <laughs> you are <laughs> because i've been looking at it a lot like, like hmm, so i thought i'll get you to just decide her stomach, like her stomach is like flat like i would like to be this shape but I get why you're thinking because there's some wrinkles around it. But that just looks like the yeah. garment. Just like if you look at the brother next to her, he's got the same kind of wrinkles because of how they stood. See? Yeah, and to be fair, they did used to wear quite tight. Um, yeah, that looks like it's velvet things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So probably just that. To be fair. Um, however, she does look absolutely fuming in that photograph, doesn't she? She does. Um, like if this happened today, that that picture of her looking so fuming would like viral it would be a meme yeah oh god yeah yeah she definitely looks so, so pissed off. <laughs> yeah she really does uh but to be fair like the entire family does but i'm not sure like like i said before you don't i don't think you were really supposed to smile and oh no 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 because everyone everyone in old timey photos looks pissed off 
Yeah, so hmm. um, basically that is pretty much the end of this case because they are the main. That's the main theory that obviously there was incestual relations going on, based on what the family had said. Um, however, there is one other little theory um, that a lot of people don't really tend to believe, but it is definitely worth mentioning. So Charlie um, had a head injury um, a few months before the event. Um, and some family and friends at the time had said that that had altered his mental state um, and was related to the massacre. And if you think about it, a lot of serial killers um, will have head injuries in like their childhood uh-huh. and things like that. And a lot of people do say, you know, like apparently that that's um, a re- like not a reason for it, but definitely like a contributing factor sometimes because a lot of people that do like violent acts like that seem to have had a head injury for whatever reason. Oh, 100%. So it could, you know, it could have some weight. However, there was an autopsy and analysis of his brain done at John Johns Hopkins Hospital, which is like a really famous one in America. Yeah, we all know that one. Um, we all know that one. Um, but they found no abnormalities in his brain. So I'm thinking it's definitely this incestuous relationship, you, isn't you, it? Because you that brain things, Liza. You know, I mean, maybe he did hit his head, but maybe it just wasn't as hard as people thought. Yeah. You know, sounds like Liza Minnelli to me. Yeah, I yeah, definitely Liza Minnelli. But yeah, that is unfortunately just the tragic case, and you know, it's it's really sad. And let's just on this Christmas Day take a minute to remember them, because um, they are not forgotten. No, no, yeah, and I mean, it, it's such a tragedy, isn't it? Like, yeah. oh, all those poor little kids. And, and to, th- to think of the talents nice. and the gifts that they could have passed on to the world, it's tra- so tragic that they were taken away so far too soon. So even if yeah. it's over about 100 years on from the case now, it's nice to still remember them on this Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, oh, God, yeah, 100%. That's one of the reasons I thought, oh, I'm going to share this, because it's one of those stories I feel like a lot of people probably know about it um especially in america but i don't think it's that that common because it's you know i didn't really know about it i I feel like i've heard it in the back of my mind somewhere so i've obviously heard it at some point but i didn't know you know like the full story and i thought you know this it this was completely tragic because this happened just completely out of the blue you know, for the other members in the family, you know, like all the all those other kids, you know. Oh okay, yeah. I, I think I think yeah, I think to carry in little Maybell, you know, Christmas Day, just going round oh, to the girl, aunties and uncles. Oh, stop, stop, stop! You're making it worse. I know, I know. It's sad. So yeah, so I think you're right. It's it's good to remember them on this on Christmas Day, and you know. So, thank you very much for that case, Danny. I know it was tragic, but it's really worth remembering them and talking about the true crime aspect of the story um however shall we now talk about the secret yeah let's talk about the secret um so well what i'm going to structure this in a way where we give you something good then we're going to give you a bit of bad news then we're going to give you a bit of good news yeah okay so the good news is that starting in january we're going to be coming back with an all new format when I say all new format, it's just a little tweaky tweak of our normal format. Um, on a Monday, we'll still remain our main case file episodes. That is our big topics, our big cases, where we deep dive into them. That is going to stay the same. Some weeks they're going to be true crime. Some weeks they're going to be paranormal. So there is literally something for everyone. Um, yes. And then, and I'm really excited about this one. We find with our Freaky Fridays at the minute... 
we're just getting going. But our aim at the start was to keep them really short. It should just be like a little, oh, a little, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. A little tip. Just a little extra, extra spice to the week. On a Friday. However, we're going to not scrap Freaky Fridays, but we're going to improve them. So the new and improved yeah. Freaky Fridays, Freaky Friday is going to go to a monthly offering. I'm saying offering like like I'm talking in school. <laughs> we we are offering you the Freaky of the Friday. So Freaky Friday is going to be once every month and it's going to be the last Friday of that month. And it will be a long episode like our main case file episodes where we'll talk not just about one or two things, but we'll talk about a whole load of freaky things. We're going to give you a month's worth of freaky things and a whole thing. And as always, you get your main case file, your Freaky Friday, the last Friday every month, and we'll be dropping little bits in here and there and if you want to hear us more often than 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 what's on our main channel you can always subscribe to our patreon which is a curiously morbid pod oh danny do you want to give the bad news now what that we're going on a break (laughs) we were on a break yeah you give the bad news (laughs) um we're just well i don't think it's that bad we're just having a little break until you know we're just taking christmas off aren't we i mean technically we've not took christmas off because we've had a Christmas Eve episode and a Christmas Day episode. So, you know, they've got some... So we're just taking two weeks. We'll be back. We'll be back on the 11th for Jan. We're taking some time to adjust, to, mm-hmm. to look after ourselves, our mental health, our mental well-being, rest, and you will get us back in January in the fully... We will be back in January. And hopefully, I'm just going to tease it, you might be able to see us there. Hey. Oh. Oh. However... Oh, that, I think that's a good tease. That is a good tease. Danny, I thought to finish this off, because we are taking a two-week break, we say we're taking a two-week break. However, some of you have just started listening. So that means you have got over 38 episodes to go back and listen to. That is over. Let me do the maths. That is over at least 27 hours worth of content for you to listen to in the next two weeks. However, yeah. Danny... What is your favourite episode you think people should go back and listen to? Oh, my favourite episode. Um, oh, this is a tough one. I think case file wise, I really like Eva Peron, episode five. That's a really good Don't one. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> uh, just because it's such a, it's just a wild ride, um, that one. And it is proper morbid. Um, What's your favourite Freaky Friday? favorite freaky fridays Ugh, you know as i mention this one all the time it's obviously haunted <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> however however special mention to um episode 21 of uh enfield haunting that oh. one is fab. i like that one that can one. i give mine um, thrown it all the way back to our first ever episode um the dupont family massacre very similar to the one you've listened to today so if you've um, enjoyed hearing the details about that case you can go back and listen to that um, and I think it was good we were just getting a hang of it getting into our flow and I think it's very much a nice episode but my favourite Freaky Friday you've robbed haunted theatres um, oh, come on you're like the encyclopedia of our episodes what's the one where we talk about um, the ghost in James Street Station that, that haunted you oh that might just be a random ghost one that we've done oh oh for once you've stumped me it might just be randomly when we've talked about ghosts it might be episode six i like of i like i like all of our ghost ones i feel like it was around ava Peron, and i also yeah, like six then special shout out to um our 9-11 conspiracy theories 
Oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah, because that one's very different. So uh, for a New Year's re resolution for me, I want us to do a few more conspiracy theories because I feel like I'm very interested in conspiracy theories. And we have touched on it like when we did 9-11, Martin Luther King, JFK. Also, big shout out to them episodes. They are big episodes and took a lot of research. Please listen to them. Please listen to them. They were up two hours ago and listen to that. <laughs> but... We hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, or a happy... Whatever you, you want to do. Whatever you're celebrating, whatever you're doing. Um, but in the meantime... Stay curious. Stay morbid. Thank you for listening. This has been an Audio Bear production. And our show tune is Half Mystery by Kevin McLeod. Yes, McLeod. Merry Christmas and to all a good night. <laughs>